Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, I'm Sai and welcome to Ace Podcast Nation, home of the Danny Barton Fight Show. This is episode number 33, I believe, and uh, we're going to be talking last night's UFC and a couple of other things, a couple of other bits. Uh, you can find this show on YouTube in the video format as well as the audio format at all the usual radio and podcast and apps and of course... You can check out the show's social media at Danny Button FS on Instagram and Twitter, and uh, the Ace Podcast Nation uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. All the uh, links for each are in the description for the show below, or you know, in the show description on the podcasting apps and platforms. So, joining me to talk MMA and more. First of all. We have former Cage Warriors champion, UK MMA legend, Mr. Danny Batten. How are you, mate? I was, oh, yeah, I take was that every time. Out, I was going to cut out the legend bit. Do you know what I just did? <laughs> Don't do just, that. Just, just That's so the best bit. <laughs> no, you're right, buddy. Yeah, I'm all good, sir. And, uh, and joining us, I'm very excited to say that we have another. UK UK MMA legend, legend, yes, legend for all around the place. Cage Warriors, Cage Rage, and uh, loads of other places. Ex MMA middleweight, Mr. Deniston, Mad Max Sutherland. How are you, my friend? I'm good, man. Happy to be here. Yeah, thank you for coming on. I appreciate you finding the time, and of course, uh, you coach with uh, Mr. Batten as well. Yeah, so you have the pleasure. But uh, so you two fresh off your trip to uh, to Fight Island, which is now we're now done with Fight Island for the time being. No more, no more cards. Um, Danny, what do you think overall of the standard of cards which they've put on from Fight Island? Was it worth traipsing across the world 
like f from a company's point of view? To put those yeah, yeah. On? I mean, it, it's got fight shows back up and running, hasn't it? And we have a, had a couple of amazing feature fights. Um, some of the uh, fight cards are a little bit thin on the ground with like you know really top, well-known fighters that we'd be normally accustomed to. But hey, they're pugging out shows. They're giving us content to talk about, and um, it's getting results on fighters' resumes and building them up or knocking them down, as the case could be. Um, yeah, I, I think it's all good. Um, yeah, after experiencing it, it's so well run out there. It really, really is. But um, like I just say, just to reiterate, really, you know, they are just bringing in fighters from all angles and really pugging them out. So some of them. You know, are not always the most well-known, but mm. there's nothing wrong with that. You know, you've got to stop people from grassroots to get them known. However, you you, you say that. Um, what I do think is they've done a tremendous job of building new stars because I think mm. when you look at the, this last, what, three or four weeks or whatever it's been, you've got, just from the kind of prelim shows, you've got guys like Modestus, you've got ja guys like uh, Jack Shaw, Crymaev, uh, who were coming out of these weeks on fire, who were uh, the world has taken notice, the world knows their mm. names now. Um, and more people are watching the UFC over these last four weeks than perhaps, you know, some of these, especially the fight night cards, they wouldn't have been that well watched on ESPN and stuff. You know, your hardcore fans would have watched them. But mm. maybe, you know, there was more eyes on them for sure. And I think, uh, you know, some of these talents will have come out better for it. I mean... The one that stands out is obviously Krymaev because he fought twice in a week or something stupid. Um, Dennis, then what did you think um, overall? Like, how did the UFC do? What, what were the cards like over the, the what was it, four, four shows or three shows? Yeah, I think it's four shows. I think it was amazing. Um, I mean, obviously, because of this coronavirus thing, everybody's locked down. Um, I was concerned when I heard, oh, UFC's still going to have shows on. Thinking, are we, are we doing this? Um, you know, this kind of careless yeah. behavior thing, you know, where we're like, we don't respect the coronavirus. Listen, I got my conspiracy theories as well, <laughs> you know, but I don't think we should put a whole industry at risk, yeah. You know? But when, when I see, saw what the UFC did and I heard about all the testing, and having gone through it now myself, it's, it's, it's spot on. If, we, if you're gonna do any MMA shows right now, you're not doing it like that. Just don't bother. Yeah, and I think obviously you've got these Cage Warriors shows coming up in September, the three back-to-back -back shows. Um, the fact that Cage Warriors is no longer on BT and is on UFC Fight Pass, I would almost guarantee that Cage Warriors will be exactly the same. Mm. Um, and then it's up to Bellator really as the kind of third biggest company, I would say, behind those two maybe. Um They've got to do the same. Uh, mm. So obviously last week we had Bellator's uh, Lewis yeah. Long on twice, um, and he, you know, he as as our most fighters, he's desperate to fight, desperate to fight. But Bellator as a company have got to follow the the footsteps of what UFC have done, make sure it's safe for not just the fighters but for the coaching staff, the the commentators, mm. the referees, the the backroom staff. Um, and I think if you notice, Dan, over the last couple of weeks, a lot of the fighters have been dedicating their fights to the uh, the makeup artist who uh, who works for the UFC. Who's, uh, she's got, um, I don't want to say the wrong thing. She's got cancer and it's 
like quite a stage three or four. Mm. Um, mm. Obviously, for someone who's ill like that, they, I would imagine, cannot be out there because that would be incredibly dangerous for someone mm. in that position. But it's the same for everyone. Everyone, you know, whether it's a makeup artist or a fighter, they've got to be protected and, and looked after. If I point something out, um, if, I, if I say something, can I say something? Maybe catch up uh, I just think that the it's going to be hard for any other show except for the UFC to do this, to do it the way the UFC did it, because there's a lot of money, man. There's a lot of output. There's a lot of money they spent yeah. just having a safe zone, you know. Denson, though, do you think that um, the UFC will fund? Partially, Cage Warriors doing it though because they will they want content for the UFC Fight Pass app. They need it, so they want Cage Warriors shows on, which is why I think you found that the Cage Warriors show went ahead the last one just before lockdown. So okay. do you think do you think that the UFC potentially could help out Cage Warriors financially with that? I know they could, but I, I don't know what the relationship is with you know with the companies. You know? So I, I don't dare say. I, I don't know if. They're, 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 they're cool like that, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess it depends on, uh, you know, what they're contracted to and all that ins and outs of it, I suppose. But yeah. ultimately, you know, whether you're running uh, as a multi-billion dollar company like the UFC or you're running as a local MMA show in regional yeah. places, yeah. if you can't run safely and, and protect the people who are going to be fighting and attending and coaching and refereeing and... and everything else in between then you shouldn't be running at the moment it's just I agree. Unfortunately, unfortunately it's just the way it is isn't it um yeah um on the 17th uh, of august they're doing the first ever drive-through mma event for contenders in norwich right, okay. so that's going to be so what, i've got so a few fighters on there mm. uh well you literally drive in it's going to be on big screens uh you'll be able to see the cage it's going to be on a uh, you know elevated level but mainly you'll be seeing it on screens like the old drive-in cinemas Oh, so okay. that's going to be first of its kind. What was that outcome yeah. like in it? Driving cinemas. <laughs> I, I'm, yeah, old, yeah, yeah. I'm old enough to remember that, man. Funnily. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was uh, that. Be, that sounds really cool. I got to say, that sounds like a really yeah. good idea. And um, you know, I think yeah. all companies, businesses, there, everyone's coming up with different ways, uh, creative ways to keep keep rolling because. You know, if they don't, ultimately, most places, whatever you are, whether you're MMA or whether you're a pub or a restaurant or a gym, ultimately, yeah. you can't stay closed forever. No, you've you've got to find yeah. a way to you've got to find a way to keep going, haven't you? Yeah. Okay. Um. So we got a vet. We had a really interesting card. We're going to talk about a bit of the prelims. Um. Look. So I start with. I'm going to start with. We're going to talk about the Nathaniel Wood fight. In, uh, in detail um, and a couple of others but I wanted to start with the Betch Cohea uh, fight she fought Pani Kinzard uh, Betch, Betch Cohea was a heavy favourite at least in my eyes and I'm pretty sure she was a, a pretty heavy favourite going into the fight and I didn't think she looked great in the first round uh, right at the end of the first round the 10 second buzzer like clapped to say mm. there was 10 seconds left she put her thumbs up as if to say, oh, good round. She obviously got confused in the moment. Yeah. And um, and 
she got clocked and she got clocked quite heavily um she looked i thought she looks quite groggy coming out for the second round and you know i thought uh panny won the fight pretty comfortably um the 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 judges judged it as 30 27 30 27 29 28 Uh, so only the one judge really had it close um yeah i know danny you haven't seen that one because uh, no. obviously you're on holiday, and we appreciate you yeah. joining us from holiday. That's and, okay. Um, I might even make you say where you are, just to make you try and pronounce it. Oh my know. God! Don't. We, I, I did have an attempt. Uh, we all know I'm like with names anyway, oh, yeah. uh, and but names of towns in foreign countries. <laughs> no, let's not Dennis, go there. Did you see the Betch Cahoya fight? I watched it. Yeah. What did you think of um, Cahoya's <laughs> performance? <laughs> Uh, listen, I, I, I like Betch um, because, you know. She's a banger. But um, she did. I, I don't think it was the, the, you know, what happened at the end of the first round. She yeah. just didn't look sharp for the whole fight. No. She, um, she was standing there. She, that You know, normally, she, even when she's standing there, there's a little bit of head movement like she's going to kill somebody, right? Mm-hmm. But this just looked like... Um, like she was tired, man. I think that's um, that is the reason why she she was happy to get out of the round at the first, the beginning, the end of the first round. Yeah, because she just wanted the round to end. So ten seconds before it ended, she ended it. Um, she <laughs> just she just wasn't there. I mean, I'm not trying to knock her or anything because you know I, I don't think that's the end of her, but she looked a bit confused. Yeah, and I think. The fact that she made that error with the 10 second clapper yeah. and the buzzer, yeah. um, I think that shows that her concentration maybe wasn't where it should be. Yeah. You know, how many yeah. fights has she had? You know, she's very experienced in the yes. UFC yes. and other places. So, like, that's a, you know, it's a, it's a slip of just a, a, a slip of judgment in the, in the moment, isn't it? But here's a question for you. It's though. not just a slip. So, yeah, it's a, it's a bad mistake. Yeah, it's not just a slip. I, I, I think I've been there myself in my career. Mm. It's like um, if, if, if you have a long enough career, things start to go wrong at some point. I mean, they'll come back, but they go wrong at some point because you you kind of look well. For me, I kind of lost focus. So I was at fights where I could see everyone around the cage. I could hear everything. But... I wasn't focused on the fight, you know. Mm. That's why I could hear everything else. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was concerned about what this guy said about me. I heard a commentator say something, and um, mm. and it just seems like that's what was happening with her. She just wasn't focused on the fight. Everything else was getting involved, you know. And when you're focused on the fight, you can hear only thing you can hear outside of the guy in front of you is your corner. Yeah, it might be a case of, you know, because there is no crowd there. Maybe, yeah. you know, picking up on these more unusual well, sounds from the outside. Maybe, yeah. we're putting up, maybe she's hearing her. the commentators. You probably yeah. threw her, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, Pani uh, Kinzide, she, uh, first round, significant strikes, 35 to 23. Second round, 33 to 25. Third round, 38 to 21. Um, it's quite convincing. Um so here's a question for you. Uh, I'll ask you, Denniston, because you you watched it. Mm-hmm. But did you think that what Panny hitting her 
when she did slightly turn away from her where she thought the round was over or what you know she made that error did you think her hitting her was a bit out of order or did you think no the fight's on her fault absolutely not um it's like asking me if you know once a person is down on the floor should i still hit them even if they look like they're out absolutely keep hitting them you know imagine and then losing the fight you know what I mean? Yeah. Imagine if she just pulls because she's like being a nice person. It's not the place to be a nice person. That's where you fight. Mm-hmm. You yeah, you kick yeah. ass until the ref says stop. Yeah, so t- I mean that takes us on very nicely to uh, and one of the other fights which I wanted to discuss, which was uh, Francisco Trinaldo versus Jai Herbert. Uh, yeah. When finished in uh, one minute, one minute thirty of round three. Um, Danny, what did you make of this? We'll talk about the the Dan Hardy and the and the the referee Herb Dean in a minute. But what do yeah. you think of Jai Herbert's performance and the fight overall? Yeah, yeah. Um, he, he was making mistakes, but he was getting his groove. Um, he was making his length work. He was scrambling up off off the floor quite well in in the second round, and it looked like he was going to turn the tide on Trinaldo. But you know, I was really impressed with Trinaldo's tenacity. You know, he kept coming forward punching through the punches and kicks that were coming at him, creating opportunities. Um, he, he had a really good first round and sort of smothered Jay Herbert. Uh, second round, he started to suffer a little bit and got cut. Uh, it looked like the tide was really going to turn. And I thought what happened in the second round was going to happen in the third. And it indeed started to look like that. But Jay Herbert, he, he stayed in that pocket too long. And uh, Trinaldo, he's an experienced dude. He's okay, he's in his 40s, but they know how to stay in there and have hope to win at all times. And as long as you're still throwing punches, you've got a chance to, to win. And it showed it. It's quite an unusual knockout as well, not just because of what happened with the referee, but it landed on his forehead. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, normally they hit you sort of like to the side of the head or um, to the jaw and uh, knock you out. But this one was right to the forehead, um, a little bit unusual. But yeah, well done, yeah, Trinaldo. Like you know, reaction as well. After he, I just it was. It again. He hit him and then he kind of got a split second and then falls back. So, I mean, obviously... Yeah clicked in his brain um like look if i thought francisco trinaldo uh really showed his experience as a fighter yes. to to control uh, large parts of the fight um however in a minute or when we get to a certain fight in a minute i'm gonna criticize the ufc a little bit for something they i felt that they did to one of the younger british fighters however i thought they gave Jay Herbert, this fight with Francisco Trinaldo to set him up to win, if that makes sense. Not yeah. that, you know, you never know to step him up. in a fight, of course. But I feel like this fight was set up for Jay Herbert to take a well-known name in his UFC debut and then move on. Um, didn't happen, you know, and Jay Herbert will come back and he'll, you know, for sure, he's a very, very talented dude. Very, very, um, I know he's really highly thought of by the a lot of the British fighters and the coaching staff. So, you know, I've got no doubt that he will come back stronger. But it was disappointing to see him lose. Um, Dennis, then what did you make of this one? Um, as a fighter, um, I've seen fighters like him, you know, a lot. Um, and he's the full package in terms of mm-hmm. skill level and um, marketability. You know what I mean? Is is a guy that you could see becoming a superstar. Not just a champ, but a superstar, and uh, and I think that kind of got bigger than the fight. 
Okay. This 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 time out. I don't know about before, but this time out, it was a bit bigger than the fight. I remember them, the corner saying to him about masterclass, that like you do the masterclass on him. And, and I, I really don't think it was a masterclass. I think his movement was great, but there was a lot of missed opportunities to finish the fight. Because it's almost like his corner um, were, 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 were more of a fighter than him that night. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, like they believed in him more than he believed in himself on the night. Yeah. Like, uh, I'm not again. Hopefully, if he hears this and watches this, um, he will take it as just constructive criticism. But they were doing what their job, and he was just a little bit behind. And where he could have finished the fight in the second round um, with with you know better strikes and just just actually just striking, you know. Yeah. I think he spent more time fainting and getting out of the way and standing there sometimes in front of the guy than he did actually hitting him. And yeah. uh, there's a few times he got countered. A few times he got countered when yeah, I thought he should have been out a bit more. And I, I think the reason why, what was his name? Um, his opponent got him with that shot is he, he just realized that he's not getting punished. He's not, you know. He's not getting punished for by this young, younger, quicker fighter. He's getting beat up, yes, but I mean, he's, a, he's like myself. I, I can take the shots. I'm not, I'm not ever thinking that, oh, I'm getting beaten here. I'm always thinking I'm just one punch away from winning. And mm -hmm. the only difference with the shot that finished the fight and the shots that he threw exactly like that previously was that he stepped in just a little bit more. He stepped in just a little bit more, and the shot landed. But he threw that shot, I count maybe about six times in the fight. Mm. And it didn't yeah, land. Just, yeah, just measuring it. Um, and then that one time, he stepped in a bit more and threw it with a bit more um, carefreeness. If you, okay. Yeah, looser. He was looser with it, wasn't it? And it landed. And, and I think also when it landed, it, was, it wasn't just a... Physical knockout is a psychological knockout as well. Yeah. It's like, oh shit, I just got clocked, mm -hmm. and then and then that was the delay. Whereas I think if the tables were turned, the older guy would have been wobbled, but he would have tried harder to stand up. But a young guy, he's never been hit like that. He doesn't know what getting knocked out feels like. You yeah, know? I mean, mm -hmm. and first time you get that, you're gonna, you're gonna. Uh, yeah, Jai, Jai Herbert hasn't been. I don't think he's been uh, knocked out at all. If you know, and if he has, it's not a very often occurrence. And yeah, I know he was always quite, said. quite dominant, wasn't yeah. he? In Cage Warriors, so I mean, yeah, you never know. Hard, right, I suppose, as well. Getting hit like that for the first time, especially mm -hmm. if you get hit like that for the first time on the biggest stage in the world. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. You want to get that in your amateur career? You've been through hell. You've lost a few fights. And then, you know, you come up and you, you'll be a bit more tough, you know, a little bit yeah, tough. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, in reference to that finish, so um, Trinaldo clocks uh, Jai Herbert in the head. Uh, he goes oh. down like a, like a tree. He literally yeah. falls straight yeah. back, doesn't Just move. Um, and even Trinaldo, you could see he kind of was stood over for him, waiting for the ref to stop it. The ref didn't stop it, so he eventually started to hit him. 
but you can hear at this point Dan Hardy is going off on his yeah. on yeah. his mic, but also off his mic as well. Yeah. Um, he was not happy, and I know you know Dan Hardy knows Jai Herbert personally. He knows him very oh. well. Um, whether that has influenced you know his quite emotional reaction, I suppose. Oh. Um, yeah. But look, I think it's pretty clear that. Uh, you know, the ref probably should have stopped there when he went down because he went down, he wasn't moving. Um, Trinaldo stood over him for probably about three seconds before, you know, engaging again from from on top. Danny, what did you make of that? Did you feel like he should have stopped it as soon as he went down the way he did? Um, well, yeah, initially, I do think it should have been stopped, but I think you've got to try and look at it from the referee's perspective. You know, it's all about angles. You know, what, what did you see of the hit land? Because um, it, it wasn't like he went down like a, you know, like a plank. Um, he had his head lifted up off the ground, which maybe signaled to to Herb Dean that he was still coherent. Um, and I think the thing is, I think what caused confusion was the fact that he had to run over. So it goes to show there was distance there. So he'd run over, and I think, um, yeah, Trinaldo thought the fight was going to be stopped because of how fast Herb Dean ran over. But he was running over really to assess the situation yeah. closer. Um, so, you know, look, the, the referees can't be in the most perfect place every single time. There is going to be times when their judgment is going to slip a little. Um, there's going to be times when they're feeling like they're making the, the, the good judgment, but they just didn't have the angle to witness the true extent of whatever yeah, yeah. damage had been taken. Um, so I think everything that Herb Dean done was done completely innocently. Um, well, but okay. we, we, Dan... we see it really clear. We, we're getting it on... Yeah, you know, we're on seeing it on HD screens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just, um, yeah. just want to read you this little portion of Dan Hardy put an Instagram post up and made a massive long statement about it. But I just want to kind of point you to one specific part which he has put in his statement. Um, and he says, uh, "If you understand what it takes to get in there, then you understand my passion and anger. When I see a fighter left unprotected." It isn't the it isn't the first time it's happened, and twice in one night is a clear negligence in my opinion. The referee's job is more important than any person in that building. It's on their shoulders to protect fighters from getting seriously hurt when they are unable to protect themselves. Okay, um, he goes on to say a few other things. He says like, if I make a mistake, I look stupid on live TV. If a referee makes a mistake, people are left vulnerable and can be seriously injured. So, you get the gist of what he's saying. I'm not sure yeah. what the second one he's talking about, so we'll probably get to that in a minute, I would imagine. Oh. Um, but, Dennis, then what's your view of it? Like, was the referee really, you know, was it a really, really, really poor mistake? Was it no. maybe just a bit no, slow? Or... Listen, no. I, I would knock him for that. I would I'd say he, he, um, he missed a couple of seconds. I know, and I know that's a long time in fight term, but let me just um, change the scenario a little bit. Why? What if? Is it Trinaldo? Yeah, yeah. What if when he ran over after he dropped Jai, he just laid into it? Mm. You'd have put more shots in than um, mm. and her would have had to watch it a little bit and then stop it, and I think mm. it'd have been mm. more dangerous then. Yeah, um, they, I think more shots would have got off, and it, a lot more energy as well. Because the reason why he stood up was because obviously he thought the guy wasn't going to take. You know, Herb rushed in, he rushed in, 
they're both looking at each other. Maybe not directly, but they're both looking at each other. So they both pause each other. All right? Yeah. And that little, it's like, uh, uh, who's going to do what? You know? Mm. That is human. Yeah. So, so now Trinaldo doesn't bother to give really hard shots. So uh, in, in that case, I think he, um, Jai got off. Jay or Jai, is it? Jai, Jai. He got off. Yeah, like because if Chanonda had run over there and dropped to the floor with the overhand right, mm. that would have been a harder shot. And, and the shots that followed up, two, three, four more, would have mm. probably put him in the hospital. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when Herb went over there, I think it's like, you know, he gave him the benefit of the doubt. I don't want the referee to jump in and save my life too quick. I want a chance mm. to fight. You know what I mean? There is that thing as well, isn't it? I mean, I know safety is all important and obviously that does come first. But by the same token, we are in there knowing we're taking some form of risk. Yeah. And, um, and fighters are so often really upset when fights get stopped early. Um, okay, so this one was deemed late, but you can see how and why there might be confusion there. I mean, it landed on his forehead for one. So it looked like it might be just a glazing. It looked like he fell off balance rather than... I mean, we saw it from a really clear view, like I say. You know, we got it on our screens. Um, but, you know, I tried to look at it from Herb Dean's point of view. You know, his Ooh. angle was pro you know, not as prime to us. He's making decisions Ooh. for the moment. And he's done what he normally always would do. If you see fighters get knocked down, he runs over and assesses. He, he knows when they've been knocked clean, clean out. Um, yeah. But Jay Herbert, he did have some some awareness of, of what he was doing. He rolled to the side slightly, which is normally not a good sign, but his head stayed off the mat. He, he didn't fall back like a plank, which is what I'm trying to say. He, he didn't fall back and have his head bounce off the canvas. It wasn't yeah. one of those type of knockouts. Exactly. So, yeah, very hard. Um, I understand, obviously, if Dan Hardy is, is friends with this guy, he's got his safety at heart more than anyone else, of course. But well, you know, what can you do? It's it's really really difficult. The, the refs generally are pretty good, but they are human and they are going to make mistakes. And it's horrible. See, so you know, could it be a case that they've got to be you know stopping fights a little early? You're know, better to be safe than sorry. But that in turn is going to create some frustrations as well. It's a real difficult one. I think as long as referees are human, um, you're always going to see these unclear, yeah. you know, yeah. opinionated stoppages. You know. You're going to have some people saying one thing and some people saying another. <coughs> it's it's a real hard one. Yeah, I think... Um... Good point. Sorry, is that okay, sir? Yeah, yeah, go on. Um, me and... When we were coming back, Danny, we had a talk with a ref. A particular yeah, that's ref, right, yeah. Because I don't want to... Yeah, but, but he had the same issue. He was getting criticised and he's... Has he left the sport now, or do we know if he's gone back? Uh, I don't know. I didn't chase it up anymore then, but I know but, initially. Yeah. I, I don't want to lose a good ref, because I know there's some terrible refs out there. Yeah. You know what I'm so when I see a good ref make a let's say he made a mistake. Let's just say flat out he made a mistake. It wasn't that terrible a mistake, man. Mm. And this is the hurt business, you know. We're, we're going to get punched a bit more than we want to get punched. So yeah. it's not become all of a sudden health and safety inspectors now. Yeah. Like uh, we, we're going to be completely um, protected. No, we're yeah. going to get licked sometime. And it's, it's, 
know. Yeah, I mean, uh, as an interesting scenario, um, when Dan Hardy fought GSP, um, he had some hammerlocks put on him um, yeah. that were horrendous. That it, it just looked horrendous. Um, but he knew in himself, you know, that, that he could get through it. I mean, some refs could have stepped in and stopped it, and I, I'm sure he would have been well upset if they did. You know, so if referees are going to play it safe, I think that fight could have potentially been stopped. But mm. like I say, you know, we, we're all human beings, and Dan Hardy's, you know, got some history with with Jay Herbert. He's his friend, and mm. they're probably trained together. Therefore, and I think he's just looking out for him, and he see it a certain way. He's got his opinion for it, and clearly he's voiced it. It, I think it's hard to say that anyone's more right than anyone else with this situation. It was so unclear. I just think people were expecting it to be stopped because of how Herb Dean ran over. But I think he ran over to get a closer look at what, what was going on. Um, and because he saw Jay Herbert's head was uh, off, the, off the mat, he wasn't laying there slumped. He had some form of looking guard. Um, he waited until a few shots were thrown. And then when there was no adjustment to the shots coming in, he, he then stopped it. But in hindsight, if he had a better angle, yeah, I think Herb Dean would have stopped it from the get-go, but he didn't have the right angle. That's the only thing I could come come to think with, with the situation. So, so the one thing I'm interested by, um, like obviously, like Deniston just said there, we don't want it to become like this kind of health and safety mad thing where you just stop in fights the second someone goes down a bit, yeah. you know, bit ropey. However... <laughs> If you look at it from a, the fighter's safety point of view, is it better that he had stopped it last night as after Jai Herbert went down? Or is it better if he leaves it go and it's not Francisco Trinaldo, it's another fighter mm. who just gets on top of him and pounds him and he takes six or seven unprotected elbows to the, you know, to the temple mm. before the fight stopped? Like, yeah. which one's better? Yeah. Sorry. Hard to know. Yeah, yeah, it's just, again, it's just so hard to know. The, the ref business, I think, is the most difficult and the most scrutinised job in the combat yeah. sports. It really is not not an easy position to be in. They're, they're, they're taking the flack. Um, they take people's opinions, you know. I would love, it's to, difficult I would position. love difficult. to interview Dan Hardy about it. So if anyone yeah. knows Dan Hardy. Yeah, I mean, Dan Hardy's a good guy. Clearly yeah, super man. intelligent when you hear him commentating. And you know he's, commentators. yeah, yeah, he's very, very good. Um, analyzes things very, very well. And you know his opinion, you know, could matter more than more than mine. You know, he's had a more successful career than mine. Maybe he's got better judgment. Um, is he, is he know, an M? Is he a UK MMA legend, though, Danny? That's the question. <laughs> well, he's got the same name as me, so he can share that legend status. <laughs> right, going to move on just because we're thirty-five minutes in already. Yes. Um, very quickly, tell me about Nathaniel Wood's performance. Uh, we'll start with you, Danny, because um, yeah. obviously in his last fight against John Dodson, he was not good. Um, no, he was struggling. But I think we put that down to maybe it was his debut in the UFC, maybe nerves. John Dodson's one of the hardest hitting. Uh, uh, Dodson's awkward. Guys. Very, very awkward. Really good wrestling, really good striking. Um, but Nathaniel Wood, yeah, he performed well, and uh, Castaneda performed well also. It was mm -hmm. um, like a kickboxing match, but the difference I saw throughout the rounds with Nathaniel Wood was that he um, clinched up at times and uh, pressed uh, Castaneda up against the fence and did it quite well to have a little lull in the place um, and 
and to you know keep ahead to me he was always steadily ahead slightly throwing more slightly more successful and um and when push comes to shove when the battle was getting in the pocket he clinched up and drove Costanado up against the fence and that impressed me that goes to show that he's making adjustments and not just throwing down hands and punches and kicks and to a point where you could get caught i mean we just see what happened with jay herbert there maybe over trading yeah um he didn't over trade although there's a couple of moments where they was both in the pocket swinging at each other um but nathaniel did choose to clinch up at times and i think that just goes to show a little bit more maturity there and his confidence to be in that wrestling range too i mean we know him as a striker but he's a pretty accomplished grappler too um you know maybe not knowing for his wrestling but he showed that he could control it okay he didn't particularly want to take it to the ground but he used it to stay proactive against the fence and to make a lull in the pace to keep him ahead on the scorecard. I thought overall it was a very mature performance and I'm sure we're going to see more good things from this young man. Yeah, for sure. I'm going to ask you both a question about uh, Nathaniel Wood's uh, next opponent in a minute. But first of all, I want to get uh, Dennis in your view of De uh, Nathaniel Wood's performance. I, I just thought he was... Not not just a little bit, but he's sharper than um, his opponent. I mean, mm. Castaneda was, was all right; he's a good kid. But now nah, he was so much sharper, and he and he kept the same edge for the whole yeah. fight. I agree. Same little edge, just just a step above, and he was in no rush to finish him or anything like that. And I've yeah. watched Daniel fight like ringside because um, he fought one of my guys before. He fought Ed Arthur. Ed Arthur beat him, mm. um, and I mean, look where he is now. You know, this is some years ago. Yeah. He's a very mm -hmm. guy. Just to see somebody that age fighting like a grown man, like, I know he's a grown man, but, you know, he, he just seems like a youngster to me. Yeah. And he's fighting with the, like, beyond his years. Like, it looked really good. Mm -hmm. It looked like if no matter who was in there, like, he would have stepped up a little bit more than them and just done the work. Yeah, for sure. I thought um, we've... Danny, we've talked about Fight IQ a lot, you know, throughout all the different shows um, yeah. and managing fights when yeah. things aren't yeah. going your way or if your confidence is a bit low or you're coming off a bad performance is managing that fight to, to find yeah. your groove and to, to go from there. And I thought Nathaniel Woods, considering he, came, he was coming off a bad performance, I thought he managed this fight exceptionally well. When he needed yeah. to get out of there, he got out of there. When he needed to be in the pocket or... You know, striking, yeah. he was doing that, and I thought he did it real well. I was very impressed. And as I was watching it, I was kind of saying to myself, now that's Nathaniel Woods. That's the Nathaniel yeah. Woods that I've seen in Cage Warriors and thought, oh, hello. You know, he could go and yeah. do something. Um, mm -hmm. So I was really pleased to see that because I remember when we covered the John Dodson fight, uh, Dan, we were like a bit dumbfounded as, as to the performance and, and, yeah. and the Nathaniel Wood that had turned up on that night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I'll put that down to, you know, Dobson's an awkward character. Yeah, you know, I don't want to take anything away from Dobson. Some fighters make you look crap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just style just style. go against you. You fight them and you just look like you don't know you left from your right hand. Mm -hmm. You know, John, and... Dod John Dodson's a legend of the sport as well. It's, he is, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, here's, here's the question for you two. Ready? Uh, Deniston, you can answer first. Would you, if you were Dana White, mm. and you've got Nathaniel Wood coming off a good good performance, you've got Jack Shaw ready to go to the next level, would you pit those two arguably top UK stars 
potential top stars against each other now no. in a bantamweight clash? <laughs> or would you keep them as far away from each other as possible until the time's right? Separate. Separate. Uh, what about you, Dan? It, it doesn't yeah, help. I- Sorry, yeah. I cut you off there. You're, you're, you're right, Dennis, then. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, as a as a fan, I mm. want to see who would win this fight. I yeah. want to see how that fight would go down. Absolutely, sure. I do. But, uh, <laughs> but, um, uh, but you know, Dennis is absolutely right. You know, they're, they're both, you know, over this side of the water. And, um, of course, they will be facing each other if they keep fighting the way they do at mm. some point and keep winning the way they do. Um, but, you know, to, to chop one down now, you know, by matching them against each other, would I just just not going to be helpful? And yeah. I don't think they need to face each other yet. Although, like I reiterate, as a fan, I'd love to see that go down. I really would. On to the main card we go. Uh, I think I wonder if this was the the uh, the, the second fight. I would be interested. I want to know if Herb Dean refereed uh, Krymaev versus Reese Mackay on the main card because if it mm. if if he did. Then I can understand oh. why Dan Hardy may have called him out for a second time. All right. Because uh, Reese McKay fight, I thought, should have been stopped way right. before. Yeah, um, he got dominated. Oh, really uh, dominated. He, did he even land a punch, man? I know, you hear the noise, but, you know, uh, Kamzat was making a lot of noise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's to let you think, oh, this shit. That's some heavy punches that is heavier than, like it sounds heavier than it actually is, man. And yeah, if you don't yeah. like getting hit, you want a chance to hit back, so you don't want to fight stop, man. Okay, so just before I ask you for your opinions both about this, I want to get something off my chest. Um, I mentioned this to, to Danny just a bit earlier before we started. So, uh, we just talked about Jack Shaw and we talked about some other Nathaniel Woods. We talked about Jai Herbert. Um, the UFC has done quite a good job in recent times of when they've brought in potential next stars, whether it be from Britain or Europe or wherever, you know, they they think they've got something special. They've done a good job of building them up slowly, giving them fights that will be capable of winning. And then they give them like a name that's maybe on the end of his career, which will, you know, put them up to the next level. Ooh. And they build them, and they build them, and they and they do it. They've done a real good job of doing that. I think they've done a fantastic job of not getting too excited about Jack Shaw, even though me and Danny in recent weeks have discussed about putting him against Aldo. But you know, that's us getting excited by his potential. And mm. um, they've done a very good job of taking their time, building him up, building him up, mm. and then mm. they brought in Reese McKay, uh, Reese McKee from Cage Warriors got a really good reputation as a as a really good fighter mm. they brought him in short notice signed him to the ufc and thrown him in with Krymaev, uh who's already fought once a week ago so he's fully up to speed you know everything he's he is good to go and i feel really i felt really sorry for reese mckee because you know he's never going to turn the fight down because he wanted you know he wants to fight in the ufc he wants to get his debut. He wants to fight, <laughs> fight Island, and I feel a bit like they stitched him up a little bit. They didn't look after the the, the fighter, and of course, you know he can come back from it. But I feel like they stitched him up a little bit. Um, what do you think about that, Danny? What I just said, and also then right, the if they match him, I mean, I don't know what kind of fight contract he got in terms of how many, 
Um, I hope that he got at least a four fight deal out of this because um, yeah. they knew they were throwing him in against the Can Lions here with this they guy. Gave him a one fight deal. No, I mean that would be ridiculous. I don't think you know, I don't know who his manager is, but I don't think they would do it, and I don't think he would even do it. I just think that would be a step too much. He'd wait his time. He's built up a good enough record to know that he's going to be heading to UFC at some point anyway. Yeah, for sure. But it, I would say, yes, this would be unfair if they match him up against another absolute wrestle monster. Um, but I'm thinking and I'm hoping that they will give him someone quite manageable, um, not a guaranteed win because there's no such thing in, yes, on the UFC level these days, um, but give him someone a lot less dangerous. Um you know, someone with losses on his record for starters to give you some hope that you know that he is fallible. Um, yeah, in, in which case, hey, he, he took the contract. It come with a small price of, you know, getting that loss on the record. But a loss on the record against who? Someone who's probably tipped to be the next sensation, you know, with what we're seeing from him. So, yeah, that's the way I'd look at it, really. It all depends on who they give him next. And if they give him another absolute stitch up, and I'll be wondering why they brought him in um, yeah. and being questioned their integrity about it all. Yeah, I was a bit annoyed. I mean, he didn't land a punch, um, and he got yeah. absolutely decimated. Uh, yeah. What do you feel about that, Dennis? Then, like, just about what I said first of all. Um. So, so what I say will be will not be liked. <laughs> no, no, that's what I like. I, I like no different opinions. Sympathy. I have no sympathy. Speaking as the underdog, the guy who always gets uh, matched up against the. The stars, the stars to be. The guy who they think, oh, you beat Dennis and you go on to the UFC. Speaking as that guy, I'm like, look, man, if you're in the UFC, you fight whoever is in front of you. I'm not. Yeah, it's that level, isn't it? To building up no fighter. Like, look, I, I, I'm because I live in Britain and I'm now a naturalized Brit, I want all the Brits to be looked after. But mm-hmm. that's just my bias. As a fighter, mm-hmm. You go to the UFC, you fight who's there. Yeah. Yeah, you want to find out who you are and do that here locally. Mm-hmm. You know, figure out your game here, get tough here, have your losses here, go to the UFC, be a badass, fight everybody. Yeah, uh, yeah no. That's what I like. Look, Dennis, Dennis, Dennis is true is old school man, mentality. Yeah, I love it, it, man. But, yeah, I got to know Dennis and, um, quite well out there. We had some good conversations, and this guy is an absolute gentleman. But my God, he's an absolute fighter as well. You know, he don't mess around with his words. He's to the point. And I like characters like this because they're not deceiving in any way. They're just yeah. going to tell you how it is. And 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 you know, Dennison's not wrong with his opinion. That's the way he sees it, and it's a very harsh way of looking at it. But nevertheless, this is the fight game. So, you know, Dennison's not wrong. He's not wrong 100%. in what he says. Um, yeah. Look, yeah. I, I, I like the kid. I just I just think if I have to look after you when you get to the UFC, if I have to protect you from the monsters, um, then you're not ready for the UFC. That's just how I look mm. at it. I'm not, yeah, I'm yeah, not, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I get that. Um, I think just to quantify part of what I meant by that is in terms of, like, he took this fight on real short notice. Um, and my point is, did the UFC just bring him in just to take this beating, if you like, or did they want to sign him? Okay. My question. Because if they, wanted, if they wanted to sign him because they like his potential and they think he can be a potential star for the company, then I would question why you'd throw him in with someone who's just fought who's on fire, who's, you know, obviously going to go far. 
Well, maybe my kind of maybe and their gamble is with Kamza. They're like, we want to build Kamza. Yeah, not yeah. Greece, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, UFC's cutthroat, isn't it? Yeah. So there's two guys there. Uh, and we got enough guys in that division, I suppose. Um, and then they've chosen to go with, is it Kamzat, right? Yeah, yeah. To go with that guy as the guy they're going to market. So feed him the, <laughs> the little the more. new guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then again, um, who got the call first? I mean, who who's who got stitched up? I mean, I'm not stitched mm-hmm. up, but who got who had a fight, and then the other person decided to okay, I'll fight him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, you know, that's a good. That's definitely a good way of looking at it. We just don't know that background, and there, there probably was several people around. It might be that uh, Kamza was there. He's like, look, I'll fight him. His, his fighter pulled out. I'll fight him, and then yeah. being a fighter, is like, I'm already here. So yeah, I'll fight him. Maybe. Yeah. Interestingly, um, so Chaimaev, uh, he said in his post-fight interview that he could, you know, he felt like he could fight it again that mm. night, and he looked mm. like it. You know, he fought, <laughs> he fought John Phillips and uh, they destroyed Mackay, and he absolutely mm. decimated both guys. Mm. Yeah, and, and you know, like neither one of those two guys is there, is any sort of mug, you know. No. Um, but Reese McKay just didn't, didn't lay a didn't lay a punch. Um, no, so it didn't last long, Dan. But what did you make of the fight? Yeah, I mean, just impressive from you know Shimiev. I just I can't wait to see this guy fight again. Um, <laughs> I, w- I, I want to see him tested. Card, he said. Yeah, I want to see him tested, but I don't think it's going to happen just yet. I think he's going to run through many a people. It take a little bit while for people to suss out what he's doing. Obviously, we know he's engaging in the wrestling and doing a, a Khabib, but uh, you've got to try and figure out ways around this. And no one's done it with Khabib yet, and we might have the same issue with this guy. Uh, yeah, there's what some monsters mid- out there. Chaimev and uh, McKee, are they middleweights, are they? Uh, welterweight. But I think Rhys McKee's fought predominantly at lightweight. I think just because this is uh, late notice, he did the welterweight, but he'll be fighting down at a lower weight, I'm sure of that. And he's a yeah. big lightweight, Rhys McGee. It's a big, big lightweight. Well, this is Chaimaev's weight, isn't it? He went up a weight yeah. to fight uh, yeah. so, Phillips, didn't he? Yeah. I mean, Rhys McGee has fought up at that weight before yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, I think he has in recent times, but I think you'll see him go back down. Yeah, I don't even have a look at those. Uh, what did you think of the the this fight, uh, Deniston? Which one? Uh, what, so, did you, uh, what, did you, what did you think of uh, Chaimaev? Just I, just, it, I mean, we still got looking, didn't he? No. Mm. Literally, just looking. I think he was thinking to himself, "Look, I just want to be able to fight again." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't take what he didn't take one punch. Just shot him, mm. took him down, boom, beat him up. I, yeah. I, I don't, I don't think it was a late stoppage. Um, no. I think, I think, yeah, it, the fight ended when it ended, and I wouldn't. I wouldn't knock um, any ref for that uh, if that's the one that Herb Dean. Yeah, no, it well. wasn't Herb Dean. But, I just did just look. But a, a mistake. Was, you know, if we're going to talk on a technical level, Reese McKee. One of the mistakes he was making really is like a you know, how I'd say a jiu-jitsu guy off his back. They come up on that elbow, and mm. the issue with that is if you're going on under pummel or you're wrapping your arm around and you're coming up on the elbow, their body's so close to you they can reach around and grab that wrist. Uh, and, yeah. Oh, 
it's awful. That's trying to rotate a wheel with a, a stick in the spokes. It just ain't going to go around. It, it yeah. just totally transfixes you. And this, this was the issue, really. I would have liked to have seen him just put both palms down and butt scoop and try and get his back off the mat. But he kept coming up like a jujitsu guy, coming up on one side. Uh, you can't do it against a top, top wrestler like that. They're just going to... Uh, I think, yeah, punched in the face, sort of, um, like, you know, I've always said to my guys, like, look, the objective is to get up. So if the guy's on top punching in the face, you just got, you got to get up anyway. You're yeah, going to get, yeah. yeah, they're going to get punched if you get up. Yeah. You as well get up and get the, take a few punches as you're coming up. But as soon yeah, as yeah. You, they go right back to lying down and put that elbow down and trying to stay safe yeah. again. I just, not, I just feel, you can't do when, that. When Reese was having that wrist held the way it did though, it just stopped his transitions and stopped yeah. him being able to escape the position basically. It was so easy for Chimiev to, to move around him. He just had so much control, really did. Yeah, I think you were talking to um, Modestus about this. Yes, that's right. Yeah, we, we discussed it in um, when we were doing our training sessions. So, um, I was just having a look, quick look at the, the welterweight rankings um, just to see if there was any other welterweights on there, which I thought, you know, would what would be a good matchup for uh, Kaimaev in the next fight. You've got guys like Mike Perry. Uh, you've got Khabib's brother. That'll sort out the men from the boys. Um, yeah. So, like a bit further down, you've got, like I say, Khabib's brother. You've got uh, like Mickey Gall. I think he would destroy Mickey Gall. I've got to be honest. I don't think there's much point in making that fight. Um, and then slightly higher up then, you've got like Mike Perry. Uh, you've got Gunnar Nelson. That would be a good yeah. one. That'd be nice. Yeah. Just below uh, Kazmat Uh Two places above him in the rankings, Donald Cerrone. I would take yeah, that one. possibly so. Uh, Vincent mm. Luque, uh, Neil Magny, Robbie Lawler, Rafael Dos Anjos, Damian Meyer, mm. Michael Chiesa. Yeah. Steven a lot of Thompson. these guys, though, to me, a lot of these guys that you mentioned, to me, they're on the way out. I think this division... Is is stripping back and becoming a little bit naked. Um, of course, you've got some some talents yeah, coming up. I through. haven't got to the top ten yet, mate. Oh, okay. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you're not that high. Oh, yeah, keep going like then. 20s. So, Beg your pardon, sir. So you've got a top ten is Stephen <laughs> Thompson, Anthony Pettis, Nate Diaz, uh, Conor McGregor, Tyrone Woodley, Jorge Masvidal, Leon Edwards. That would be a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Colby, Colby Covington, Gilbert Burns, and Kamara Usman. Yeah, I mean, yeah, as you I, get to the real top, you've got guys who are, are, are on yeah. their way up, but there was still a lot of people coming on the way down. Um, but I don't think that's wrong for him to face some of those guys, you know, because they're still no. le legit in many, many ways. And they definitely will test uh, this guy, you know, more without a doubt. But uh, I still think he's going to run through most people until he gets to the top five. Okay. So, in what I'm going to ask you this question, both of you, you're only allowed to answer one name. You're not allowed to give a reason. You just got to say the name. Out of all the names I just mentioned from the welterweight division, if you were booking the match, who would you put Kamayev against next, Danny? Um, I will go. Uh, I wouldn't mind. Uh, it's um. 
don't know who to go for, you know. Right, this I'll is go, a, I'll such go a hard. Um, I'll go for yeah. Damian Meyer. Oh, really? I think, yeah, oh, because of his no, jiu jitsu. Um, right, while you think, Deniston, uh, you got a name? I, I think Meyer's just too too far ahead of ahead, ahead. Um, Maybe Mike Perry. That'd be a good one. I like that. Yeah, Mike Perry, because he'll take it to him. But I, I've got a feeling he'll get taken down. But, yeah, Mike Perry, I think, is it, a good one. It's such a hard one because I'm trying to think, well, what would make an exciting match? But unless he fights potential fight, uh, you know, contenders to the title, you know, you've got to try and, you know, maybe just keep him in that top top 15, you know, maybe just slightly into that top 10. But I want to see him fight one of the top five, but I don't think that would be correct at this stage. Um, yeah, so read, yeah, read what, what rank is Mike Perry? Uh, Mike, what is Mike Perry? Mike, Mike Perry's actually below him somewhere like... Uh, uh, so, that might not be... So Mike Perry's 30th. Oh, he's got to go up yeah, yeah so re- ideally, go, yeah. So if you wanted to go up, you'd have to go Tony Martin, Donald Cerrone, Luke, George Neal, uh, Jeff Neal, sorry, Neil Magny, Robbie Lawler, Raphael Dos Anjos, Damian uh, Meyer, uh, Michael Chiesa, Stephen Thompson, yeah. Anthony Pettis, Nate Diaz, right. Conor McGregor, Tyrone Woodley, Jorge Masvidal. Yeah, Ra- Raphael. I'd say Raphael Dos Santos. Yeah, um, yeah, that's a good one. Dos Anjos is a good one. Yeah, but Santoy um, never impresses me when he gets put up against the fence a bit too no. easily. But I think, but um, you know, his I mean, game is fit. Hmm. Say again, sorry. What do you think about Cowboy? Yeah, I was just going to say that Cowboy or um, Robbie Lawler, I think would be quite interesting. It'd be mm. uh, Lawler. I, I think Lawler will knock him out because his anti wrestling is good. Yeah, Lawler. yeah, he's dangerous yeah, all times. His okay. wrestling is good, uh, and uh, I just think it's too too big a step ahead. Yeah. Mm. Um, okay, so next up we had uh, Alex Oliveira versus Peter Sabota. Uh, so this one went to decision, which uh, Alex Oliveira won by uh, 30 unanimous. Uh, yeah. Just give us your over- overall thoughts of this, uh, Dan. Yeah, um, I find this a little frustrating to watch. Uh, that there was both doing really outward striking that wasn't landing too, too crisply. Um, Oliveira's perhaps just had the longer reach and was doing some of the better work. But I, I was seeing his fingers out straight, and I thought, well, it's a matter of time before it goes in the guy's eyes, and it did. I'm surprised he didn't get head up because his fingers were out straight for, for long periods of time. Um, you know, but he, he found his groove. He found the way to win. Um, opened up a nice cut. Um, on, on Saboda and um, he knocked him down I think it was at the end of the second round he, he knocked him down he was just getting off the slightly better work throughout and um, Saboda just like, struggled to get anything conclusively off he did try to take it to the ground was struggling with that um, so he was definitely trying to find ways to win and adjust his game but he just didn't have the tools on the night you know it's back to the drawing board for him and you know trying to add more to his skill set yeah yeah, I think so. Um, what about you, Dennis? Then, what did you oh. think of uh, Oliveira versus Sabota? This is how I watch the fight. That's how I watched it. I, I don't have a great opinion of the fight. Okay. Um, again, like Danny was just saying, it's just it didn't seem like they were they were there, like you know. Like, yeah, it's frustrating. He's shot. You know what I mean? So I watched it on and off. So I don't really have an opinion. Mm. Okay. 
Um, yeah, I, it wasn't the best, let's be honest. There was much better fights on this card to talk about. Yeah. Uh, and uh, one of those was next up. This was, in my opinion, glorious. Um, yeah. And that's not just because it was a glorious performance by a, a British MMAist, a British fighter, but um, I just loved the psychology of it all right up to the technical application of the finish as well. Uh, so it was Paul Craig versus Antigulov. I'm not going to try and pronounce his first name. Um, their face-off was a bit tense. They were nose-to-nose. It was uh, it was interesting. But right before the fight, uh, Scotsman Paul Craig was giving it the proper... He was marching up and down. He was egging him on, and he was saying, mm. come on, come on. He was really, you could see, trying to, like, ride him up and, and get him to to come to him. And um, you can see why, Danny. Yeah, yeah. I think he he added new elements to the game. Well, say new elements. Did he fall elements. into the trap, mate? Did he fall into the yeah, trap? Yeah, quite. He was quite, quite possibly. I mean, you know, we've seen Conor McGregor draw people out and frustrate them. I think he did it classically against Aldo. You know, he, he almost predicted how Aldo was was going to come at him, and he had a set combination that he predicted, and it happened. You know. Um, and uh, Ben Askren got done by Jorge Masvidal the same way, didn't he? he yeah, did, uh, yeah, yeah. Jorge I, I, egged him on, and he came out looking for the takedown and got knee yeah. in the head. I think he wanted him to be over aggressive and open up too much, and he certainly did. It, I was really surprised he didn't try and get round those those legs sooner than he did because it was pretty obvious that he was attempting triangles, and he did fight it for a few attempts. But, you know, he's nearly six foot four. You know, he's got to have some long legs on him. Uh, and they're heavy, they weigh down on you. And he just stayed there too long. And the thing is, he had Paul Craig's head up against the fence, which limits the mobility of the hips of Paul Craig. And he could have he could have come round. He I definitely could have pushed round before the triangle went in as deep as it did. He just played around in that, no, I call it a no-fly zone, when you've got someone with an open, an, an open guard like that that's potentially really dangerous. You don't want to float with your head at that just prime. That's where you get armbarred. That's where you get hammerlock. That's where you get kamurid. And he just left his head there uh, just too long, too long. He, he only has himself to blame, really. Or, you you know, let's not take away from Paul Craig. I, I think some of it was strategical on his front, like you were saying. But, yeah, I mean, an yeah. absolute lesson. Absolute lesson to be learned from that. Now, you know, look, I'm not a, a, an MMA coach. I'm not an MMA former fighter, current fighter. I'm just a fan. Um to me, like Paul Craig, he steps to the middle of the cage in the in the introductions. He goads him and he, he he's saying to him, you know, basically bring it because he yeah. wants him to attack. And then when mm. he attacks, he suckers him in. Um, and just before he kind of starts setting up for the triangle, um, you know, uh, sorry, Antigloff has got a single leg, looking for a single leg, and Paul Craig just goes down. Um, and in the moment, I was thinking, oh, you know, he obviously doesn't mind being in his back. But he just, uh, Antigloff was looking for a finish. And as he's looking for the finish, Paul Craig is just adjusting, adjusting, mm. adjusting. And he's just getting this triangle closer and closer. Yeah. Um, you don't see many triangles finishes really these days. Um, Especially about big guys. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just seeing Paul Feld, they showed a camera of, uh, angle of, Paul Felder's reaction when the guy tapped and I thought wow that's awesome because you don't see many um, announcers and commentators reacting like that with that excitement mm. that often mm. to submissions 
and I just thought it was fantastic. Dennis, then what did you make of it all? I, uh, I think the mistake that was made was um, um, Antigolov when he was landing his shots because he was landing. There was punches, punches in the in the not the guard but in the triangle were landing hard, and I could hear like good digs going in. And I think that's why he got caught with the triangle. Because mm. at that point, he's thinking he's going to go out before he triangles me. Yeah. Mm. He just made a bad decision. Yeah. Bad and um, and it eventually, <laughs> he paid for it. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like, when you're in that situation, you do have a choice. You know? Mm. And, and sometimes the choice would actually be to keep hitting. Keep hitting the guy. Especially if you're landing that sweet. You know what I mean? But he, unfortunately, um, for him, <laughs> this this is normal for for for. for mm. yeah. oh. Yes, uh, Craig. Yeah, this is normal for him. So he, you know, he just went, you know, struggled through the punches and he just finished the strangle. But the whole time, it was the plan because yes, when they get the ground, I see the triangle getting set up. Mm. It looked like it was getting set up from the, if I remember correctly, from the other side first. The other leg was going to triangle it. But then by the time he got punched a few times and he started to sneak his right leg to me, like, oh, hello. Yeah. It was good. I think it was, a, it was entirely his intention. Get this guy so mad that he just comes swinging. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and yeah, so he played a good mental game. If that's what he was actually planning, and that that is what we call masterclass. Oh yeah. Um, so what I like to do with um, particularly with the British fighters is I like to have a look at uh, the rankings and see maybe where they where we could go next. Uh, so Paul Craig is ranked twenty six, or he was before this fight. Uh, just above him at twenty four, you've got Khalil Roundtree, uh, Devin Clark, Kutalaba. Uh, a bit higher than then, you've got Chris Weidman, uh, Johnny Walker, ranked about thirteen. And he's twenty sixth, and then you're sort of into the top ten. Is there any anyone who sticks out, Danny? Who you yeah, like John, Johnny. Players? I think Johnny Walker and him would be good. I think that'd be a good little matchup right there. They both got. Um, they're both very tall as well, aren't they? Yeah, that's right. So yeah, that'd be quite an interesting matchup, size wise, reach wise, and they yeah, got yeah. Uh, they're both good on their feet, but uh, yeah, yeah. Paul, I'd, I'd give the Paul edge. Craig's probably got the edge in the on the grappling. Yeah, absolutely. So. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be a good matchup. Yeah, I give the give the edge for striking for Walker. He's more you know creative. He's you know he's just nailed those finishes. You can't ever write him Coming off when off he's two on the losses, feet. Though, isn't he? I, he is. Yeah, he's um, showing some holes in his game. But you know that's what UFC is all about. It's going to expose any of the cracks in your game, and it's up to you and your team to paste them in and put them to rights. So you know, hopefully he's gone back to the drawing board and improving his game. If not, he's going to have a a hard progression through UFC. Yeah, so Paul Craig's ranked twenty six. I'd go with either uh, Chris Wright, Chris Weidman, ranked eighteen, because I think he's a name which he could you know, mm. potentially take. If they're not going to go with that, I would go with either Johnny Walker, uh, Sirkinoff, or Nikita Krylov, who are twelve, thirteen, and fourteen. Uh, mm. Dennis, did anyone stick out for you in the light heavyweight division? Uh, I, I'm only going off name recognition, and Chris Weidman, like you said, is a good name, but I don't see him beating Chris Weidman. Yeah, he's too good a wrestler, yeah, maybe, man. Maybe a bit too early for him. Weidman yeah. is good everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he's good everywhere. Uh, saying that, 
I don't know enough about Paul to say that he, he really couldn't. I just know enough about Weidman to say that, look, there's a lot of tools. The one tool that um, uh, Paul showed was that he's good at setting a trap on, the, on his back, right? But I didn't see any strikes that really impressed me. No. Whereas okay. we all know that um, Weidman knocked out the greatest striker we've seen for mm. a long time, right? Yeah, he certainly did. So, and then uh, broke, broke his leg second time around. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I mean, you can never, you can never sleep on, no matter how old the guy is. The next up, we had uh, Carla Esparza versus Marina Rodriguez, seven ranked versus nine. And uh, Dennis, then we'll start with you this time. What did you, what were you, just your thoughts of this when it ended up on a split decision in Esparza's favour? Um. Carla, I've never been a fan, man. She, I, I like the fact that she's a grafter, but her fights are boring, man. Yeah. Her fights are boring to me. Um, she does what she does best, right? So I, I get it. But I, I sleep through most of her fights. Because mm-hmm. no matter who she's fighting and how good they are at striking, somehow she gets them down in that swamp mm-hmm. <laughs> and makes yeah, them yeah, Crap. You know what yeah, she, yeah, she doesn't have the size to be visual with it. I mean, she was ground a pounding, you know, for three rounds and, and didn't really muck the other lady's face up too much. Exactly. Uh, but she'd come out with some bad wounds herself. Yeah, she got black eyed as well. Yeah, nice cut, nice, nice big well over the eyebrow. So, no, I, I, no, I'm not a fan. I'm not, look, I like, I don't care what your style is, I like fighters, but. Uh, when you just hold on to somebody and just tap them to to score points, I, I yeah. don't I don't see that as fighting. You know, I want to see you trying to finish the fight. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Finish it. Finish it. However you do that, whether it's a submission or a ground and pound or whatever, but don't just tap for points, man. Was up until somebody's out. Somebody's sleeping. Yeah, so. I think that's fair enough. What did you make of it, uh, Dan? Yeah, I mean, utterly impressed with her wrestling. It's just second to none. Um, you know, Denison's right to say, you know, she's forcing her style on people and it's not always the most visual. But in defence of her, you know, it's for other people to try and find an answer to her game, for one. Um, and she was adding in the leg lock attempts. Now, I'm not always a fan of going to your back, but she was doing it towards the latter side. It actually nearly got her in trouble. Doing it in the last sort of minute is okay. Um, but it did get her in a little bit of difficulties. But I think she was trying to add to that a little bit of excitement trying to go for those those leg lock finishes and a couple of them did look like you know she was getting them bed in but um yeah rodriguez was just showing no wincing of pain so so yeah she was just so resilient to her maybe because her legs were so long it was hard to get the leverage on it because carla is quite a bit shorter um but i think that carla won all three rounds i found it hard to know why one of the judges gave it to rodriguez i'm, I'm presuming on damage but she spent three rounds most of the time on her back. Yes, when she was on the feet, she was creative. And yes, she created some nice elbow opportunities. Um, she was feeling out submissions, but not really getting, you know, no, no one was sitting on their seat expecting one to go on. Um, to me, Carla won all three rounds. Um, yeah, it looks like she's going to get herself back into tighter contention again. Yeah, it looks like, doesn't it? I can't, I think that's probably the direction they were going, particularly by the, yeah, the, I think to, to, to sum it up, that the fight that Carla's going to have that's going to be exciting is always going to be the one where she loses because she's going to foul with the takedown 
oh, she's going to get something to be something funky or someone's going to resist the takedown to strike her up and it's going to become a good fight because of that, which is you know, kind of unfortunate for the styles, but styles are styles and it's something that you have to, to deal with in the UFC or in any fight promotion, to be fair. And right now her style is working predominantly for her. So, you know, we've got to see other ladies look, take notes and try and find a way around the wrestling. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Let's get to something a little bit more interesting, which was Fabrico Vadum versus Alexander Gustafsson. It didn't mm. last very long, but it was certainly no. interesting as uh, Gustafsson made his heavyweight debut. He's normally a light heavyweight. Obviously, he's had famously had uh, took John Jones to the limit all those years ago. Yeah, uh, Danny, we'll start with you first this time. What did you make of this one? Yeah, and uh, Gustafsson to me has not looked himself for a few years. I think ever since he first fought uh, Jones, I think when he looked his best, he's not been as good. Um, and I had Vadum down to win this one, if you remember from when we were discussing yeah. this before. Um, he, his grappling's really good and really, really tight. And Gufferson is someone that will mix it everywhere. Um, clearly, he didn't want to be on the ground, but he can mix it any, anywhere and everywhere. But he made a mistake with the way he tried to scramble up. He, he turned his back away, got tripped down again, and then he got that two-on-one control taken on the arm. And against someone of Verdun's level on the ground, that's really hard to recover from. You know, it gives you back control. It gives you the arm bar attack. It gives you central side control. That two-on-one control on the arm like that, where they have the wrist and like a figure of four control, that's an actual position as well as a potential submission. It, it is really controlling. And he demonstrated it there amazingly. Even when he went belly down, he had full control of what was happening and where. And um, in my mind, as soon as I saw him latch on, I thought, hey, this is really early in the first round. This, this ain't going through the first round. I would have been very, very surprised. Gufferson really should have been uh, fighting to stay out of this sort of scenario for as long as he can. So when he is in that scenario, he's slippery. Bavloom is more tired. You know, he's not a young man anymore. Um, and then get out of those sort of situations when, when the, the cardio tank is less. But so early on to give up that control, yeah, you've got to lose against Vadun. Yeah, yes, you are. Uh, Dennis, what did you make of this one? And Gustafsson's uh, yeah, Gustaf heavyweight. Yeah, I, I no, as heavyweight, no. It shouldn't be a heavyweight. Um, just how I look at the... Uh, I say fight at the weight, you walk around that, yeah, I get it. But... He looked outgunned when it comes to weight. You know, it looks like um, he's not going to win that strength contest. And, uh, you know, they like to say um, it's, all, it's technique. Technique beats strength. It doesn't. Not when the technique is equal. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If the guy is better at the particular technique than you are and also bigger, uh, you're not going to win that, are you? Mm -hmm. so, uh, also, what you said, Danny... He was out of that. He was he was up. Mm. He turned yeah. his back. Yeah. He turned his back and got taken down again. And then I, yeah. I knew it was over the minute that happened. Yeah. He yeah, should... it was not it, it was a technical stand up at all. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. thought he should have been looking to take the round the, the fight into the third round. Yeah, absolutely, Jonathan. I, I totally agree. This was the longevity of the rounds was where it was at. Yeah, he should have been looking to to take it into the third round, and it, mm. he didn't. He looked like he wanted to. Well, he didn't look like he wanted. He knew what he wanted to do. Mm. So um, he was there, and you know, it's fight night. But it, it looks like his past is, and I don't mean this in the sense that he's too old, but it looks like his past, Kieran. 
Yeah, yeah. You know, you got to wonder what's going on in his training camp. He's just you, not evolved. He retired. Yeah. So yeah, I, yeah. I mean, that's when I say a fighter should retire when they're no longer hungry. They're not showing up with a plan anymore. Mm. Then you should retire. But if you yeah. come in to kick ass and we can see that fight in you, then you're never too old. That's how I look at it anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's fair. And at the end of the day, he um, he was hired and, you know, he was done after his last fight. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, he's come back for this one. Mm-hmm. It didn't work out. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe, I don't know. I'd be interested to see if he retires again or whether he intends to keep going. Be interested. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the next up, we had uh, Mar, uh, Marcirico Hua versus Anti- Antonio Rogero Nogueira yeah. uh, in their trilogy fight. Mm. Mm. Um, the trilogy, which has never ended, has lasted mm-hmm. over a long, long space long of time. Day. From before uh, I started fighting. <laughs> wow. Now, Roa won via split decision. Uh, Dennis, then we'll go with you first. Tell us about this rivalry and then, then uh, tell us about this fight. Uh, not to sound like a dick, but mm-hmm. this fight was unnecessary. Uh, I agree. I absolutely agree with that. Absolutely uh, agree. It, it's, at no point should you be like, uh, just for not, uh, nostalgia, I'm going to go have a fight. Yeah, you know? That's what Bell- Bellator sort of I put on those sort of matches. Yeah. Huh? Bellator so, put on those sort of matches, not, not UFC. Mm, it's yeah, unusual yeah. for UFC to do that. Yeah. So, so no, it was unnecessary for me, and um, and I think these guys now they can only fight each other. Yeah. Then you Absolutely. fight these young guns coming up, you get killed yeah. because they're not moving anymore. They used to move. They used to move like um, uh, Shogun. I, I'm a big fan of Shogun. Back in the day when he used to head move like Tyson, I, I'd love that because you'd come in and. Even if you're catching him, he's catching you. You know, mm. um, little Nog, same thing. His his boxing was immense back in the day, but now yeah. he's just in shots. He, he, he looked wooden, didn't he? he his yeah. uh, cross hand was falling short. Yeah. His timing looks—it's not even the timing. It's just the speed of his punches are slowed up. He was never yeah. the quickest anyway, but he relied on timing. But I think telegram, yeah, and it, and and then the punch comes after. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, I, and it was I, so similar to the previous matchups they've had. Really similar. I feel it's it, it's now very obvious. It's like when Muhammad Ali had his um, onset of Parkinson and and he was slow in his speech and nobody would tell him because you know it's a cash cow. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost the same thing now we're watching, which will become sad eventually. Mm. At the moment. Yeah. You know, he's still seen two legends, and, and I'm not going to ever stop calling them legends. They, these guys are yeah. all of us, you know, but um, yeah. I think they should make better decisions now. I don't think mm. that, I don't think the fight was necessary. No, me neither. Um, I didn't need to see it, didn't want to see it, didn't really care about it. Um, and I think, Danny, you hit the nail on the head in that when you said, this is this kind of sort of fight that Bellator would have put on, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Is what it is, I suppose. Yeah, an elite yeah. fight. 
<laughs> I mean, it, it has its market out there. I don't get me wrong, but oh, yeah, not for the hard, not, not for the right. hardcore fan that wants to see who's the best of today. Um, this is two guys that are past their peak. I mean, Brewer's uh, a little younger in years. He's still got some fight in him, but you know he's past his peak. And Figueroa, long past his peak, he really is. And he did amazing things back in the day. But yeah, it, it's sad to see them get in there and, and do it because this is when things happen to their health. You know, he's been in there for a long, long time. And it's not just the fights, it's all the rounds you've done in your training. There's mileage on that clock and you could see it by the way he moved. Um, yeah, it was a little painful to watch. Uh, entertaining, yeah, it was. They were both going at it, They're both bruised up, scuffed up. Um, and it did get interesting. You know, Shogun won that first round with the takedown. And the second round, Nagera won because he sort of body shunted him, knocked him off balance and got the top position and probably pinched the round back. So it did leave it all for the third round. And for me, Shogun just had more tools. He was looser. He's got the kicks. Um, you know, he can wrestle uh, better than Nagera can. Nagera's knees clearly are shot as well. Um, another area that he looked really wooden with his leg positioning. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It was painful to watch at times. It really was and uh, slightly sad. But, you know, it is what it is. It was still obviously a draw. There were other fans out there. I don't want to say anything harsh. They're legends in their own right. But I just feel that there's, there's just no need to have these fights go, especially as they faced each other now for the third time. Yeah. Just no need. Yeah, not on the UFC stage anyway, I don't think. No. Um, okay, and then finally we had Robert Whittaker versus uh, Darren Till, which I think effectively was a number one contender match. But uh, we'll, I guess, we'll find out about that in the, you know, in the meantime. Uh, Danny, what did you make of this and Darren Till's performance after his? Till, uh, yeah, Till looked so good. Fun yeah, he looked good in the first round, and I was thinking, hey, you know, he's. I've seen him Here use similar go. strategies. Yeah, and it was looking good. But Whitaker, this guy's an experienced dude, and he's got a broad skill set. He can wrestle damn good. His grappling's good. And, you know, he ain't no slouch on the feet with his kickboxing either. You know, he's got a background in striking too. Um, but he was getting tagged up a little bit in that first round. It did have me thinking, oh, you know, Till's got a game plan. It's looking like it's coming to fruit. But uh, after that, the rounds were just slipping away because Whitaker was throwing shots, clinching up, disengaging, throwing strikes. He was just broader in his uh, attacks. He was um, hounding the lead leg of Till. Um, and I think it was really troubling him. So that, that made it harder for Till to settle his striking after that first round. I think the leg began to give him jip. And it just gave a focus point for Whitaker. And yeah, uh, Till just couldn't find an answer, couldn't find a way around it. And the rounds just slipped away from him one after the other. I think, was it a split decision, did you say? Was that a split? I think it was, wasn't it? Unanimous decision. Oh, it was unanimous. I can't remember because there was one that was a split, and I was surprised about it. But yeah, um, yeah, Whitaker's looking good. He really is. Um, I think maybe it was a little rust in that first round. Not to take anything away from Till, but from the look of what the other rounds went, you know, it looked like he got his groove, and he started using the full spectrum of MMA. And uh, yeah, Till, Till was not expressing that full, full, full expression. He was on the receiving end of it somewhat. Well, I said to last week, Dan, when we made our predictions. That whilst I would, you know, I really wanted Darren Till to win because I felt like in his last fight, he just didn't look himself. Yeah. Uh, and I felt it really affected him as well. Like you could mm. see how disappointed he was. I really wanted him to put on a good performance. But yeah. I felt that Robert Whitaker all round is, 
he's got everything. Um, yeah, he is rounded. MMAist who mm-hmm. can do some real impressive stuff, and I felt that it kind of went that way. Darren Till started well. Robert Whittaker showed his skills, and you know, paid off at the end. Uh, Dennis, yeah. then, what did you think? Yeah, I, uh, pretty much just um, echoing what you guys are saying. Um, I think uh, uh, Till, being the bigger guy, he he had the first round because he looked. It is obvious to me that he's bigger than um, than uh, Whittaker. Whittaker looked like the he's going to be small with every every fight. <laughs> you know, he just mm. looks small for the ring. Yeah, um, and I think the the power of um, of Till in the round one is the only reason why I would give him that round. Yeah. Yeah, because everything would bounce off him. But mm. by his second round, his leg was hurting. His movement kind of slowed down. And mm. uh, at this point, neither of them, I don't think, thought they were going to finish the fight. And they mm. set to a groove. And um, unfortunately, Tilt started playing catch-up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And a pattern had emerged. A step behind... I don't think uh, Whitaker was that far ahead. Was a step behind, mm. and his angles that he hit from, his head mm. was down there, and his hand yeah. was up. You know. Yeah, yeah. So, I think that kind of threw off. Um, yeah. Mm. Well, till. Mm. Um, so tell me, Dan. Uh, obviously, Dan till lost. He's lost two on the bounce after looking very impressive. Uh, should he be worried, or do you think do, did you did he show you enough during this fight to suggest? Yeah, I still you know, think he's, he's a talent. I still think he's got stuff to offer. He's clearly really dangerous. He just has to have um, an A, B, and C plan. He come in with plan A. It worked in the first round. Second round, Whitaker made adjustments and started finding his groove, and still couldn't find answers. So he needs to broaden his spectrum of of, of attacks and counters. Uh, when someone uses this MMA type of striking into the clinch, you know, he's threatening the takedowns. You don't even have to score with the takedown. Just the threat of the takedown as you're throwing your hands can be enough to stop that good striker coming back at you. Now, he did have, uh, you know, he successively landed a couple of hard shots. But it's almost like looking at Woodley, although Woodley's vastly different. Uh, I'd say Till was much more active striker. But Till, it's almost like we had to wait and hope that he was going to land something really huge that led to a finish. And you can't always bank on that. I mean, it can be there. We saw that with Trinaldo. It can be there. And I felt like maybe he fell into a pattern of thinking, okay, I've just got to swing in a big elbow, real-timed. And he did. He cut the head. I think it was in the final round, wasn't it? He he cut quite nastily Whitaker's head. But Whitaker then wrestled him up. You know, went round the back of him. He did what an experienced, top, world-class fighter should do. He adjusted to the circumstance and the situation to hand. He got cut. He didn't know how bad it was. He just knows he was bleeding. And he, he took away the the striking element by, by wrestling him up, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, not even where he needed to take down. He was just smothering him. Like a little, what, what I was saying with Nathaniel Wood. Nathaniel Wood used it very few, often, few times, but he was using it at the right times. And that's what I saw from Whitaker. Yeah, really impressed. Um, I'm sure another fight down the line, you know, he could be fighting for the title again, if not, you know, sooner. Maybe next fight. Who knows? Yeah, 100%. Um, there's a couple of uh, of people I wouldn't mind seeing Till go with now. You know, he's going to have to, you know, he's not going to get um, Whitaker, unless they rematch with Whitaker. Uh, yeah. He's not probably not going to get the style by end of fight. Um, mm. But next week we have uh, ranked number eight and nine, 
Derek Brunson versus Edmund Shabassian fighting. Yeah. Maybe the winner of that could get Darren Taylor, who's ranked yeah. five. And then if he But they're both hard if... fights, man. Oh, they're hard gosh. options. Really well, hard look options. At that top ten, mate, in the middleweight, and there isn't an easy fight. There's not. No. There's not even a fight where I look at it and I go, Darren Taylor would definitely win that. Yeah. Darren Taylor could beat any of them on his day, but mm. there isn't one of those fighters where I look and I think, yeah, that would be the way to go if you want to get him a win. Um, it is what it is. It's the, that's why it's the top of the tree. That's why, uh, you know, that's why it's the biggest, best company in the world, I guess, for mm. for MMA. Um, but yeah, it was a good card. I'd be interested to see where they go next. Um, mm. There was one question I wanted to ask you both before we finish, uh, and that was uh, Brett Johns, uh, Welsh bantamweight in the UFC on the two-fight win streak after... You know, he's fought some big names in the past, uh, looking to break back into the top 15. He called out Uriah Faber for a, a bout. Uh, wow, looks like yeah. it could be, uh, could be the, the, the upcoming fight. Yeah, do you know what? Uh, that's going to be interesting. I'll tell you why that's going to be so interesting, because how's Brett Johns going to go about this? Does he want to test these, you know, takedown game against someone like Uriah Faber, who he knows, you know, not an easy guy to take down. He's got very, very good wrestling, particularly in the um, MMA arena. You don't seem to be being taken down very often. Um, so maybe we see Brett Johns trying to broaden his spectrum with the striking against uh, Faber. That we know Faber's showing weakness in the striking. He's crude, um, but just full of energy. He always comes in fit. He can bang hard. And we know that he's in there got till the end. You know, he's in there to win. We've seen that when he fought Aldo with those leg kicks. It was one of the most punishment i've ever seen a human take and still get through it there was another incident as well i don't think it was that same fight where he broke both hands so he's throwing nothing but elbows and forearms i mean that's impressive yeah i did see a rather favor um actually out there and i really wanted to get a picture with him but with the situation the way it is you feel like you can't approach anyone and um but i'm sure you know what modesta's success with going out to ufc's more often than i'll I'll get that photo with him because mm -hmm. I used to watch him back when it was King of the Cage. And I remember thinking, wow, that kid's going to go far. And I'm talking a lot of years ago, King of the Cage. Um, that's something that I, I think that. ceased to, to run. Sorry, Dennison. I remember that. I yeah, yeah, yeah. Back then. He was on a tear. He was on a tear. And he goes, hi, mom. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, absolutely likable guy, lovable guy, um, and, and been amazing in, in the sport. He really has. And to think that he's still in there in that weight division at 40. I mean, we see people in the heavyweights, light heavyweights, um, going on to their 40s um, and still competing. It's a few times being effective at that age. But to be at his weight and 40 years old and still relevant is utterly impressive. It, it goes to show really good clean living, uh, that strong mental um, ability to keep training as hard as it takes to get back in there. I mean, one of the reasons I retired was I was not willing to do what was needed to do to keep making weight. And I just... I didn't have it anymore. When as soon as I question it, that was answer to me. Hey, time to step down. Time to step out. I, you know, I, I don't want this anymore. And you make to me, you make a solid decision. To me, you only retire once. And, yeah. uh, and I felt like uh, Dan. Sorry to cut you off, mate. Yeah, that's okay. I just noticed. Uh, so Brett is ranked, or he's before Fight Island. They're going to redo the rankings this week, I believe. Yeah. Um, but he's ranked twenty-one in the bantamweight. Nathaniel Wood yeah. twenty-two. Um, so Brett Johns, I would assume, is probably going to go up at least two places in the rankings. At least, I would um, say. If not more. Uh, the, mm. 
if he doesn't break into the top 15 after his performance on Fight Island, he's going to be looking to. Uriah Faber mm. ranked number 10. A brilliant fight for him. I've got to say, if he was to beat Uriah Faber, he would mm. 100% be in the top 15, if not the top 10. Yeah, it's one of those and situations then... that if he loses against him, that's no slouch either, you know what I mean? Yeah. You, you won't be dissed for that because, like I say, Faber's still, still relevant in that top 15. I don't know whether he truly is top 10 anymore, but he's still definitely top 15. Anyone in the top 15, if they have their night, they're going to put an end to your night. So Brett Johns has to come with solid game plan, Yes, we have everything firing on all cylinders. But from what I've seen of him in my plate, that he knows how to find that. Um, Chin on him. You know, that, that, yeah, he finds that position. And yeah, I think he's going to do well. Absolutely that. Um, yeah, I think um, Brett, uh, I do think if he can beat you right favour and get into the top sort of 10, 12, like, mm. he's, got to have a, he's got to have his eyes on a rematch with Pedro Munez or Aljamain mm. Sterling, who were ranked four yeah. or three. Um, yeah. Uh, because you know he fought him when he was young he fought him yeah. early in his UFC career big names so it'll be interesting absolutely um, Dennis then what do you think of uh, Brett Johns versus, potentially versus uh, Uriah Faber Uriah Faber I, I think it's more of a I, I'm not to put down Brett but I think it's more of a like a, a he and Mary okay. I, think, I think Uriah just so skilled, so powerful, explosive. Yeah. Dangerous. Again, Absolutely yeah, dangerous. A, a deadly guy to I wanna see Brett Johns you know, take some fights on his level right now and move up the rank rather than go for yeah, Iraq. He had a hot, he had a, yeah, he had a so, introduction. Yeah. The thing is Brett's he's only lost two fights, haven't he? And that's against Aljamain Sterling and Pedro yeah. Nunes. Every other fight he's won. Um, yeah. and I think where he is now the age he's at now, I th I how old is he? Uh, I think he's twenty nine. Okay, let me just double check that he might. Not yeah, so he has to kind of get moving, really. Yeah, and I think he's ranked twenty one. I think that in his eyes, he's thinking right. This guy, get, you know, I get I, these I, guys going. These guys as kids. <laughs> yeah, 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 I know. We're, we're getting so so old now, Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> you said 29 I'm like oh shit okay yeah 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 I still think I, I still think um, yeah maybe if you catch Uriah on a bad night I, I, I think dangerous I'm quite impressed with Uriah Faber though recently yeah he's on the way out you know he's yeah. not, not not the top top tier like I said I don't think he's in the top 10 anymore truly but I do think he's still legit top 15 and anyone in that top 15 they have their night you're going to have a difficult night yourself so He's got to be prepared and prepared. I'm sure he will be. I respect anybody for trying to step above what we think they should. You know, mm -hmm. Yeah, John's 28. Yeah, okay. So he's got time. Yeah. yeah. He's got time. Right. I could speak to you guys all night. However, I'm going to have to call it a day there. Yeah. Uh, I've thoroughly enjoyed the show. Very enjoyed last night's UFC. Uh, yeah. Dennis, then, thank you very much for your time, my friend. I've really enjoyed having you on. It's been cool. Well, thanks, for, thanks for having me, man. I've known Danny for years. When I just started MMA... long time ago, yeah. A few fights. Yeah. Um, but it was like it was like a, a big family, so we didn't mm. really have a bond. Mm -hmm. Yeah, now, yeah. Fight Island, we're like... Yeah, 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 we hit, hit it off very well. Like I say, you know, 
with Denison. He don't hold back on his comments that he'll say to you. But I like that. It, it just gets it all out there. There's there's nothing to be hidden behind. Um, you know, he's one of life's very few hard men. And um, and being a hard man don't mean you're a bad man. This this guy's a hard man. He's got a good heart. And I've really bonded a, a good friendship that's going to go on for the rest of our lives. And, you know, if anyone wants to come training down at BST, and Denison's promised to come up. And, and you know, I hope he would point out some experienced um, moves and that for, for my students. He was coming up with some really good stuff when I saw him training with uh, Modestus, um, some high-level stuff that even like ignited new ideas for myself. So I, I've got a good feeling Dennis is going to add new aspects to my game, and I hope and pray that I can add something to his. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, get down to BSC. Uh, <laughs> I'm already, already um, yeah. like a few of my guys showing them, you know, <laughs> We won't talk about it now, but yeah, some of the stuff that you showed to Modestus, I'm like, oh, it's just a tweak, just mm. a little tweak on what I already do, but it's amazing. Yeah. This is the yeah, thing yeah, about just ideas. It's just, you know, you have the basics, you're just tweaking it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and where's your gym base? Because uh, one of the things as well that I've promised to go down with some of my guys uh, to train at Tennyson Gym, but where's that located? Hemel Hempstead. Right. Yeah, so look that up, guys. I'll give you some details, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, know, you, you trained that Ed Arthur, who was a Bama yeah. champion, who is a massive standout. To me, this is a guy that should never have retired. He should have gone on. He should have definitely been in the UFC, Ed Arthur. He would have been in there by yeah. now. Um, he, fought, he fought Peter Yan, man. Come on, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Foot big names. Yeah. Foot big, yeah, big names. You know what? Not everybody's going to go all the way. Yeah. Some people like some people don't want as much as you wanted for them, mm-hmm. yeah, and, and that's the sad part of martial arts. We like, ah, oh, come on, you could do so, but yeah, I want something else. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but, so another one for you. It'd be good to get Denison on to do a podcast about his career because he's had a big career. You know, yeah, he's, he's had many more fights than I ever racked up. And uh, this guy's really experienced uh, the, both the rough end and the the bright end of. British MMA, he'll have a lot to say about it. And, you know, we did engage in some really good uh, good conversation. And say for Gintas, to be fair, I mean, Gintas was uh, fighting Gintas was MMA well back tried. in the 90s. Um, <laughs> the stories, and he's someone to have on as well. Um, the stories he was saying, I was absolutely enthralled and intrigued. It really was the, the complete was grassroots of MMA. MMA. He was fighting yeah, before the UFC. It's before the UFC, yeah. This was bare knuckle stuff. You know, this was... Yeah. Uh, you know, in the back alleyway sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. But, um, great <laughs> stories. He animates them really, really well, and it'll be good viewing for for yeah. the podcasts. Hundred percent, mate. Yeah, definitely. I'm always up for that. Well, guys, um, thanks for having me, man. Uh, now, thank you, Denison, you, taking the time. And um, let's do it again, Denison. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll get you on again in the near future. Great having your analysis. Cheers, buddy. Thank you so much. Uh, guys, Goodbye. check out uh, www.bstacademy.co.uk. Uh, follow at uh, at Danny Button FS on Instagram and Twitter. Follow all the Ace Podcast Nation accounts. Uh, that's the hub for all our different shows and series. And uh, also follow Deniston on Twitter. And I think what was your Twitter? It was MM MMA X Fighter. MMA X Fighter on Twitter. And um, the MMA X Gym as well. MMA X Gym. Mm. Do you, want to, do you want to give out the website address for that? Um, yeah, website address is www.mmaxgym.com. Okay, I'll put the links to all those in the description yeah. as well. Uh, so, guys, mm. check it out. Have a look. 
two legends of MMA. Thank you very yeah. much both. And uh, we'll no, see thank you. you next week. Next week, let's do this. Fight show with a new UFC card and probably a new guest. Cheers, guys. Cheers, lads. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Bye-bye. Thank you, guys. Podcast Network.